Article 1. The Path Forward. The End of America, the World's Greatest Superpower. By Pastor Dan Gaiman. Our holy and sovereign God will not be mocked, and the American public need not be deceived. Our nation is reaping the harvest sown during the 75-plus years since World War II ended in 1945. As a people, we rejected God and His divine word as revelation and our source of absolute truth. We have broken our covenant with the living God and worshipped other gods. Hence, Jehovah God has stepped aside and allowed this nation to replace His biblical laws with the depraved laws of sinful man. Now we are consumed with depravity and insanity. Our former peace, security, and relatively affluent standard of living are dissipating before our eyes. Those who remember America as a great and mighty nation of church-going people, a nation where the name of Jesus Christ was revered and promoted, and where the Ten Commandments were as American as apple pie, surely feel like weeping today as we watch this country drown in the mire of moral debauchery. For me, it's almost unbearable to watch the hordes that are rushing into our nation from every corner of the world. In worsening despair, God-fearing Americans are left with nothing but our faith in Jesus Christ, the absolute truth of the Scripture, our love for our families, and our devotion to our local church to anchor us in this gathering storm, the time of Jacob's trouble. Anyone who believes America still retains superpower status of former days is delusional. As Pat Buchanan so eloquently indicated, the United States has proven for a long time that we cannot win wars, cannot control our borders, cannot prevent our jobs from migrating overseas, cannot maintain our original homogenous Caucasian population, cannot define our religion, and assuredly cannot control our enormous debt or keep our social structure intact. In short, we are helpless to prevent the moral suicide of our people. We have lost our once esteemed national reputation and are unable to actively exercise respectable diplomacy. Politicians cannot help themselves from using their office to enrich themselves and sell their votes. The U.S. has lost its will to survive. We cannot stop the murder of our unborn. We can't even define a woman or decide how many genders there are. Sadly, the America that once shined as the exceptional city on a hill is deceased. Whatever might have been left of the great American Republic that was conceived aboard the Mayflower in November of 1620 with the writing of the Mayflower Compact died on January 20th, 2021 when the Democratic Communist Party seized control of the U.S. This event marked the end of free, transparent, honest, one-day elections. Now, we know this with certainty. Election fraud is baked into the cake of mail-in votes and month-long elections. In January of 2021, in an effort to secure permanent power, the Marxist, federal government weaponized the Department of Justice, the FBI, and various intelligence agencies, even our State Department, and the top brass in the Pentagon, we can rightly conclude that it is far too late to save the whole of America. Living in the reality that a large part of the multicultural, racial melting pot has willingly subjected itself to the monolithic arm of government at the national and many state levels, 
Most of the blue part of the United States is lost, submerged, and hopeless. This malignancy has advanced to the point where there is no prognosis for recovery. The same spiritual, moral, demographic, and cultural blight that ended the Roman Empire and others before it are on full display across America. Since the passage of the Hart Seller Immigration and Naturalization Act of 1965, more than 100 million Third World non-Caucasian people have poured into the United States. The Marxists have welcomed a mind-blowing 5 million Third World invaders since January of 2021. The First Front We are left to focus on the part of our homeland where we can survive for a season. The battle for this part of the nation calls committed Christian soldiers to active duty on two battlefronts. The first front is the battle to ensure the preeminence of Jesus Christ, incarnate God, and His Holy Word as our absolute source of truth and reality. Without this, our game cannot even begin. With this front, we must advance the historic Christian biblical model as the sole definition for gender, marriage, children, family, the local church, and local county or parish where we possess at least some liberty to take charge of educating our children and youth, and exercise a limited free market economy, own property, and enjoy a few of our former Christian liberties. This front we can best wage from our local church community in white enclaves where families live on their own homesteads in rural settings very near to others of like mind. This first front must claim primacy for your time, talent, and financial resources. Your local church needs a weekly assembly in which you can worship and praise God, hear the word of God, pray together, fellowship, grow in the knowledge, and support of the proprietary agenda of the first front. You must engage with those who share your spiritual, moral, biblical, political, and cultural views to gather into rural enclaves where the population density allows some measure of homogeneous dominance with your own kind. We cannot emulate our ancestors and cross the frontier in a covered wagon to settle a primitive region and start from scratch. Pioneering in the old sense is no longer an option. The next frontier is far from geographical. Rather, it is for God-fearing, freedom-loving Caucasians to stake out a rural enclave and begin building a community whose focus is the A4 stated priorities and herein emphasized again belief in Jesus Christ and his holy word and a love of heritage including God, race, gender, marriage, children, family, the local church, biblical law, moral virtue, and personal freedoms. Think of it this way. Building a white Christian church community in a rural enclave is the same as following the steps of Abraham and Sarah, who uprooted themselves from their homeland, left behind the unbelieving members of their family, and responded to the call of God. They traveled to a land beyond any they had ever known. Perhaps for you, building a church community would require travel to a new land, to a new frontier for you, a land beyond any that you heretofore have known. Maybe this new frontier brings in mind and then your heart, knowing that for the sake of your own precious children, you cannot remain a part of the multicultural, racially diverse, moral depravity and lunacy 
that has become the newest moral virtue for far too many millions in the blue states of America. Perhaps your own conscience or intuition call you to action. If they have not been seared by the chaos and disorder that has swallowed this land, perhaps there stirs something within you that beckons you back to the importance of blood, soil, and your kindred people. Does this new frontier call you back to your own kind of people? Back to God's green earth, where you can produce food, where you can learn all the varied skills of agriculture so you can become self-sustaining in your church community? This first front calls for a mobilization of many skills. A kindred people sharing one faith, racial heritage, belief in the incarnate Jesus Christ, and the absolute truth of Scripture. These constitute a formidable lineup around which you and your family can develop into a flourishing church community, which is healthy for your children and family life. A church community necessitates the call for food production and preservation, the education of children and youth, and the skills necessary to produce raw milk, eggs, and grow and process beef, poultry, lamb, and fish. Garden produce and art orchards are essential for every enclave, as are the building trade skills. It is costly and beyond the reach of individual families to become proficient in all the respective areas of food production. A practical solution might be for one or two families, preferably two different families, to produce milk, and the other family should produce poultry, lamb, and even fish. If the church community has sufficient population, preferably two families for each of these areas of need would eliminate the necessity of every family trying to replicate all of these needful areas. People buying your garden produce, fruit, milk, eggs, and etc. would need to pay market value for these products. This could become the basis for a thriving free market economy within the enclave. If you have senior citizens in your local church community, call on them for some of the skill sets about this generation lacks. Most Americans know little about agriculture and other homestead requirements. If your enclave is close to a colony of Old Order Amish, they do possess tremendously valuable knowledge and skills of this nature. People who have much interaction with the Amish generally find them quite helpful. This description of the first front is simply a truncated analysis of what is necessary for the objectives described. This is not a calling for everyone on the right, but it is compelling for some. While for others, there simply is no other path moving forward. In the end, every man, as the spiritual head of his family, must decide which path he will choose amid the chaos of the 21st century. Choose a path going forward. The strategy here is humbly submitted as the highest priority for the only long-term means of spiritual, moral, and genetic survival of our race and faith as the American Republic is transformed into a multiracial salad of every ethnic group, religion, worldview imaginable, socialist, communist, Marxist, progressive. These are all part of the mix. The second front. The second front is also an important strategy because the longevity of the first front in so many ways will be determined by the success of the battle waged on the second front. This second front advances a Christian, conservative, American-first agenda that pushes for a list of priorities, including closing down the U.S.-Mexican border, 
completing the Trump wall, pushing for election integrity and transparency, energy independence with every source of energy available, ensuring personal freedoms and Christian liberty, free market enterprise, and bringing manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. with low capital gain taxes and other tax benefits. This conservative agenda should include the right to life and a complete end to abortion, a reversal of same-sex marriage that also prohibits the transgender agenda. Finally, it should allow creationism as a competing ideology with evolution at every level of public-funded education, as well as restoring prayer and the Ten Commandments to all public schools. We must prohibit all forms of Marxist critical theory, including critical race theory, the 1619 Project, and all forms of historical revisionism. A major priority of the Second Front is the struggle to preserve the future of the individual sovereign states that together form the United States of America. The goal is to preserve the sovereign states and then the individual counties into which these political entities are divided. Our founding fathers were so wise in making the principle of federalism a centerpiece of our U.S. Constitution in 1787 and when it was finally ratified in 1789. Under the principle of federalism, the United States is a union of sovereign states with all of them reserving all powers not specifically delegated to the central government per the Constitution. Each state, therefore, has every power ascribed to it that is not specifically given to the federal government. The willingness of these individual states, nations, to assert their sovereign status in every respect that has not been ceded to the central government by the U.S. Constitution becomes the ground for extended longevity of freedoms for our people. To the extent that any state is willing for the long arm of the federal government to extend its jurisdiction, this means at least a partial loss of personal freedoms and the death of Christian liberty. The United States is a union of sovereign nations, or states, that mutually joined a union while at the same time reserving the right to each state all of its inherent sovereign powers not specifically delegated to the central government. The federal government is limited to the powers delegated to it. Each state is a sovereign political entity, complete with all the powers of a sovereign nation, except those powers which are specifically delegated to the central government. The state or county where the enclave is located is of paramount importance. Do not attempt this plan for the first front in a state that has pursued policies that have pushed for multiculturalism and racial diversity and has rejected historic Christian morality and has a record of restricting personal freedoms. The first front should reflect the best possible demographics and cultural homogeneity together with the most conservative political history possible. To varying degrees, all of the individual states in America have allowed government overreach because of the enticement of federal tax dollars, taxes collected from the states and then used by the federal government to control the states via the appropriation of this revenue, first gathered from several states. The respective sovereign states should make every attempt to limit the amount of federal revenue allowed from the federal government 
and should make every effort to limit state revenue from being sent to the federal government. Know this, the federal government is the elephant in the room, and this is why legislation passed by the Senate and House and endorsed by the President can impact the individual states in enormous ways. Consider some examples of federal legislation that would cripple state sovereignty and post danger to every church community, regardless of its location. A federal law that would universalize mail-in votes and eliminate voter ID across the U.S. Federal legislation that would pack the Supreme Court and abolish the Electoral College would be devastating. If the U.S. admits new states, it could radically change the number of U.S. Senators to favor the Marxist Democrats. If the federal government continues to maintain open borders, it will severely impact the future of every state. Federal legislation could federalize abortion and bring it into every state. Any one of these and many other federal laws could jeopardize the future of any red state and endanger the community where you live. Having selected the most optimum state possible, your next step is to select the county that best meets your criteria. Look for a rural county with a minimum density population. Stay away from major cities, U.S. military installations, nuclear power plants, and other potential targets you deem unhealthy or unwise. Look carefully at the racial demographics when you're choosing a county. Each county has a history that goes with it. I've included a bit of the history of the county where our church community is located, in Vernon County, in a separate article titled, A Summary of Early Missouri History, appearing further on in this issue of The Watchman. Some of the many factors that ultimately will help you decide where to go are the cost and availability of property. You need a long growing season. In the last 30 years, Farm consolidation has reduced the availability of rural land and driven up prices considerably. The Amish began buying property right and left this past 25 years and have increased the competition for farmland. Thus, you will need to scout carefully the land where you want to start a church community. Is it affordable? Does it have a long growing season? Look for small tracts of land that can be owned individually, from 5 acres to larger. Of course, there is always the possibility of pooling money and buying a large tract of land to subdivide and individually own parcels. Your success in securing property might be enhanced if one or more of your potential people are from an area that would be suitable for a church community. Someone needs to be familiar with the land that might be available, along with many other valuable tidbits to ease your journey. Or you may choose to build a church community precisely where you now live. The task of building a tribal enclave will require commitment with sacrifice, visionary zeal, and perseverance with tenacity. You need to bathe this project in lots of prayer, devotion, and personal resolve. The path going forward for the Christian remnant in this country must be waged along these two battlefronts. The first front is our immediate priority but is much dependent on being in lockstep with the battle plan for the second front. In the end, only our sovereign God, by grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ and sola scriptura alone, to the glory of God alone, 
will witness the success of these ideals. By all means, consider this our time for full and immediate commitment to daily repentance, and each one teaching each other the importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ in love, loyalty, and commitment to your family and all those in your Christian circle.